0: Amen. Well, we're going to be starting a series today called Soap. Isn't that kind of a weird title? Some of you are thinking, what in the world is this about? Well, we're going to explain it. It really doesn't have anything to do with taking a shower or a bath. So that's good. Some of you are like, thank God because you hate to bathe. Like my 11-year-old son. He's, Help him, Lord. Help him, Lord. Well, you know, um, this series is all about helping people go to the next level, so to speak, in their relationship with God, but specifically through a commitment to reading the Bible. Now, I know for some of us today, that's like, well, I'm doing great. Some of us are like, I have no idea. Some of us are like, oh, occasionally, you know, I, I, I'll, uh, I'll walk by a painting in my my house or something that says Jesus is all right with me or something, you know, and that's enough scripture for you, and that's all about that's about all you get, you know, or maybe maybe you've went the next step and you've tattooed it on your body, and so you've got that on your body, so you regularly are getting a you know a dose of the Word of God in your life. Praise God, good job, right? All of us kind of enter into this story from a different place. Uh, Some of us are here, some of us are there. My hope is, is that through this series, this series will really encourage all of us to take the next step as we begin to commit ourselves to reading God's word more. Because see, in 2018, one of the biggest questions that we get, or we get it quite often, is how do I hear from God Have you ever wondered that? Have you ever had that thought? How do I hear from God? Now, that sounds like a massive question, you know, and it seems like one of those big cosmic questions that can never be answered. But here's the good news about our God is that he didn't leave us without answers. He left us with answers. And so when we ask the question, how is it that I hear from God, he's going to help us. You know what he's going to do? He's going to give us his word so that we can understand. So you say, how do I hear from God? I simply say back to you as the preacher, you have to read his word. It's, It's that simple, right? And you're like, well, come on, it's it's more complex than that, isn't it? No, it's not really. It's It's just simply that clear. Read what he gave you. Right? I mean, it's like, read what he gave you. If, if your professor was saying, you came to your professor and you said, Professor, what's on the test? And the professor says to you, read the lectures. Or, you know, read your notes from the lecture, right? That's what, so, so you would then do what? Read the notes from the lecture. But if you don't read the notes from the lecture, what might happen? You might fail the test, right? Because you didn't take what the professor gave you. Isn't that weird? Doesn't that seem a little nonsensical? That if you knew the right thing to do in order to get an A, and they painted it so clearly, and yet your response is to say, meh. Now, none of you say that, of course. I mean, You don't sound as bad as me. You're like a dying duck. And so, so, so God very clearly says to us, if you want to hear from me, read my word. And so what I want to do today is I want to help you over the next four weeks. And today, I want to help you begin to understand how to do that, because I've found that in churches, oftentimes people don't know how to study the Bible. They don't know how to read the Bible. And so when the preacher says, read your Bible, everybody's in the room, everybody's, their eyes just kind of gloss over. You may have already done that, but just come back, come back, come back. I promise, I promise it's gonna be easier than you think because it's really not that complicated. It's really a question of, are we willing to take a step and then begin to do it consistently for what reason? Because we have to, or is it because we want to? Because we desperately want to meet with God. We so desperately want to hear what he has to say. Because I know I need to hear what he has to say. And I suspect that you do as well. And so so over the next few weeks, I'm going to teach you a method that's called the soap method. Method that's actually why we called it soap. That's why there's soap around here on images is because we're trying to get you to see That there's a very simple message a very simple strategy and way or structure to help you study the Bible And you know what soap stands for? Maybe I'll just share it with you. First one is scripture Second one is observation third one is application and the fourth one is prayer now that seems pretty straightforward You can remember that and so every time you're bathing and you pick up a bar of soap, what's going to come into your head is scripture, observation, application, and prayer, right? You're just going to start singing a song, you know? You're going to be so excited when you pick up a bar of soap. None of you are going to do that, are you? It's all right. It's all right. But see, soap is there just to kind of give us an idea, a scaffolding, if you will, if you were trying to build something, you would need some help to get there, right? And so scaffoldings are there to help you build upon. And so, 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 so this would be a, a scaffolding, so to speak, of Scripture, observation, application, and prayer. Simple. And so what I'm going to do over the next four weeks is I'm going to talk about these in detail. But today I want to kind of give you an overview of, of what it is so that you understand better what we're kind of getting at. Now, this is what I know, and I guarantee this to you. Like, I rarely say guarantees, right? You're like, what does that mean? What are you guaranteeing? Well, this is what I guarantee. This is what I guarantee. If you will give yourself to this method and you will begin to use it, I can guarantee that a few things are going to happen in your life. First and foremost, God will begin to transform you. You're like, how does he do that? I don't know exactly how. You know, I'm not God, but I know this that when I regularly read the word of God, God begins to shape me. He begins to change me. And so if you will commit yourself to this, I believe that your spiritual life will change. I believe that your personal relationships will change. The difficulties that you are having in relationships right now, I believe will begin to change simply because the word of God is getting a hold of you. Matter of fact, I believe your emotions will change. Do any of you struggle with fear, anxiety, or worry? I promise you, if you begin to get the word of God in you, that will begin to affect those things. I believe that it changes everything. I believe that it'll change your finances. I believe that it'll change your whole reality if you'll simply allow the word of God to begin to wash over you and you begin to get instructed by the things of God. That's what I believe. Now, I don't know if you're excited about that. I hope you are. I hope that you want those things in your life. I hope that you hope that 2019 will be the best year yet. I hope that's true. And I guarantee if you commit yourself to the SOAP method that you will see that happen. Now, some of you are over here. You read the Bible all the time. Some of you are kind of in the middle. Occasionally you do it. Some of you are on the other side and you've never read it or you occasionally read it. I don't know where you are. But this method will help you regardless of where you are. Isn't that cool to think about? That just simply applying this is going to help you wherever you are. I don't know if you know this, but that 45%, 45%, some of the data indicates that 45% of people who regularly attend church only read the Bible once a week. That should make everybody in the room go, oh. I didn't feel like it had the reaction that I was looking for. Maybe you're okay with that. I'm not. 45% of people read it once a week. These are people that regularly attend church. 40% says, that. 40% of those people, are, or a group of 40% of those people, uh, they say that um, they only read it once a month. That's getting worse. I mean, that's, that's getting worse. So basically, if you break that down, you have one out of five people. One out of five people who are in church consistently never read the Bible. One out of five people never even read it. No wonder people are asking me, Pastor, how do I hear from God? How do I hear? Well, if we know that this is it, study the lecture notes. If we know that and we're not doing it, no wonder we have no idea what God is saying. I believe in our culture today, we need to clearly hear what God has to say. We do. And if we need to hear what God has to say in our culture, in our politics, in our churches, in our homes, in our businesses, then we have to begin to read what he gave us. And we can't allow fear, excuses, laziness, anything to get in the way of that. We have to press through all of those things so that we can hear from God. I so desperately need to hear from God. Every day of my life, I need to hear from God. I hope you want that. And I believe that if you'll dedicate 15 minutes a day, I believe that, 15 minutes a day, if you'll do that every day, you'll begin to hear from God. And he'll begin to say some things to you that are radically gonna change who you are. So this soap method sounds kind of important. I think it's going to help you if you will apply it to your life. Because last time I checked, nutrition is kind of a big deal. Did you know that? It's kind of a big deal. So if you, if you don't eat the right things, apparently that's bad. Did you know that? It is. So, so if you don't eat the right things, then you become malnourished. Yeah? And, 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 and so if you're malnourished, that means that you're not healthy. That means that you're not healthy. And so God wants to help us be healthy because, see, we're malnourished as a people because our diet is based on getting more condiments or nothing at all. We're not eating meals. We're eating the condiments. Or we're not even doing that. Isn't that a scary thought? My, my little Evie, she's almost eight. And if you've ever seen her, she's a firecracker, right? But she she's just this little ball of energy, but I'll tell you, one of the things, if I went, and I, if I allowed this to happen, if we, like, went to any restaurant, I think she might only eat ketchup, but <laughs> like, I'm serious, like, I could give her packages of packets of ketchup, and that's what she would eat, she would just eat ketchup all the time, now, that's cute, but it might not be good for her, right, it might lead to her being a little malnourished because you know, ketchup really just has a bunch of sugar in it anyway. I'm not even sure it has tomatoes in it anymore. And so she just eat ketchup. But if I said, as a parent, I've committed myself to letting my child just eat ketchup. You'd all be like, we need to call the DHS or whatever. Wouldn't you? He's not helping his children. He needs to be put in jail or something. Because of it, right? Well, some of us need to be put in jail because we're not doing what we need to be doing. We're eating condiments. And so we come on worship. We come to worship on Sunday, and man, it's like a big old golden corral. You know, it's a buffet, and we come, and we eat. And we get all the word that the preacher can give us and we get the worship and, the, and, and and we get all the worship in us and we get the greeters in us and we get everything's just, yeah, woo, I love Jesus and I ate all that I possibly could and I'm so full. Oh, it was so good. And then we try and live on that the rest of the week. We try and keep that to sustain us the rest of the week because it was such a good buffet, right? Or we'll just snack on condiments or nothing at all. You're starting to get the picture. It's a scary thought, isn't it? So often we allow the preacher to be our feeder. And that's okay. I think it's okay when you first start. It's not okay later. Because, see, believers in Jesus have to become self-feeders. They have to become people that are committed to knowing God and reading his word and following him. And if you're only here on a weekend eating at the buffet and never having any other nourishment throughout the week, you will not be nourished. It won't happen. You you know what I mean? Like if you sat and went, "Mm, I wish I could get a new job. Nope, right? You might have to do something. You might have to send in a resume, go talk to somebody, you know, leverage your friendship. But but, but you'd have to do something, right? And so my point is, is that that's what God's trying to get us to see: is that that if we simply try and get nourished by just the weekend, we're never going to be what God wants us to be. And matter of fact, we're, we 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 become we don't become self-feeders. And it's like all of us are sitting in high chairs, and the pastor's coming by with baby food and giving it to you, each of you. Here you go. Here's your food. Here you go, little birdie. Here you go. Here you go. Here's a little bit more for you. Because that's what birds do. You know, we're going to give you all a little food. Now, look, I know I'm being kind of playful. And for some of us in the room, I hope that stings a little bit. I hope it does. Now, for some of you that are new, don't just relax. I'm picking on the people that have been in the game a while. If you're new, you've got an opportunity as well as you think about putting this into your life. I would love to be, I'd love our church to be full of people that not just they come to the buffet on the weekend, but they're eating good meals throughout the week. How do you think that changes the climate of our church? How do you think that changes the climate of the mission of this church? That's, that's a big deal, isn't it? That's a big deal. And so we become nourished by feasting on the word of God. That's it. It's very simple. That's why I want to teach you this method, is that I become nourished by feasting on the word of God. And when I say the word of God, I'm saying the Bible, okay? The whole Bible, Old and New Testament, the whole thing. So I'm including that. And so when I say word of God throughout the rest of this message, you'll know I'm talking about the Bible. And so I'm nourished when I feast on the Bible. Listen to this in Jeremiah fifteen sixteen. This is so good. When your word came, I ate them. Isn't that good? Jeremiah's like, when your word came in, I was like, I ate them. And look, it says, they were my joy and my heart's delight. Isn't that good? I just, I just need that in my life For I bear your name. I bear your name. Oh Lord almighty. See, Jeremiah knew something about the word of God. Listen to the way that Eugene Peterson says it in the message. When your words showed up, I ate them. Look at this. Swallowed them whole. What a feast. Huh? See, when I feast on the word of God, I'm nourished by the word of God. When I grab hold of it and I chew on it all day, you know, when I contemplate it, think about it, when I start my day with it, my soul is being nourished by the word of God. And I truly believe that if we as a church, as individuals, collectively as a church, if this rose 5%, 10%, I believe that the impact would be massive and exponential for the kingdom of God. I do. I do. And my heart is that as we go through this series, that's what will happen. That that is exactly what will happen. So why is reading and feasting on the word of God all that important? What's the big deal? It's very simple. It's one word. Transformation. You want to be transformed. Matter of fact, this is the word that God gave me for this year. I was praying about it. I asked the Lord for a word every year. Just give me one word, Lord. Just one word that I can kind of chew on and feast on the rest of the year. And the word he gave me was transformation. And so as I begin to think about our year, wouldn't that be amazing? If everybody in our church was transformed. Like, I don't know where you need to be transformed, but imagine if you were. Some of you need to be saved. You need to get your right relationship with God, and so you'll be transformed in that way. Some of you need to get free. Some of you are in bondage at such a deep level that you can't get out of it. Some of you need to be transformed in your finances. Some of you need to be transformed in your marriage because it's not going to make it if you don't. You see my point? We all need to be transformed. And I believe that that's the word of God for us this year as a church, that we're going to be a church that allows God to transform us. And one of the ways that we do that is by allowing the word of God to nourish our souls and change us into the people that he wants us to be. Listen to this in Romans 12, 1 and 2. I love this. I beseech you, therefore, brethren. Isn't that good? I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice Perhaps you've heard this. Holy, acceptable, right? Acceptable to God, which is your reasonable act of service. So he's saying, look, give your body to God. He's Lord, you're not. Verse two, and do not be conformed to this world. So many of us are being conformed by the things of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. What does that mean? What what was he saying? How in the world is my mind transformed? Bible, word of God. So when I feast on the word of God, my mind is being transformed into the very mind of Christ. That's what the scripture says. I'm, I'm actually being transformed into the mind of Christ that I may approve what is good and acceptable, God's good and acceptable perfect will for So you want to know what God's will is for your life? You want to hear God? Read his word. It's right there. that's, That's it. My hope is, is that you're convinced that it's a big deal. My hope is, is that you have a desire to take a next step because I believe if you'll do that, you'll not only be nourished, but you'll be transformed as you begin to read it. You'll be transformed as you allow the word of God to come over you. And so over the next few weeks, there's a few things you're going to need. I mean, if you're ready, if you're committed, if you're excited about taking this next step at the beginning of the year, I believe it's going to be the best year if you'll do it. If you're ready, I'm going to give you a few things that will help you in your journey. And so what are some things that you might need? What are some things you might need? Okay, number one, you're going to need a Bible. It's true. I know it's complicated. It's hard. I'm making it hard, guys. You're going to need a Bible. Now, you get no extra credit, none, for reading the King James Version of the Bible. (laughs) I know, I know. Some of you are really upset now. You get no extra credit for that. I would encourage you to find a Bible that you understand. Find something that makes sense to you. The NIV is a good choice. Uh, The New Living Translation is a good choice. If you need help finding the right Bible, we'd be more than happy to help you. But you have to have something that you can read. Some of you, like, you have that one that you got when you were confirmed. It's like sitting on some shelf somewhere, you know. And it's probably King James Version, which I never understood why the church gave those out. Because it's like the kids are like, thou this and this and those. And they had no idea. I mean my kids go to Christian school and they would even have them memorize in the King James. And it was so funny sometimes they would they would say it. They'd be like, "Okay, do your memory verse." And they'd be like, And I'd say, "Do you know what that means?" And they'd say, "Nope." That's a problem. See, see, you don't get any extra credit for that, and, and, and so it's okay to get a new Bible and, and find a Bible that you use, and, and, and it's okay because you need to find something that makes sense to you. So first, you're going to need a Bible. Now, I, uh, I have a Bible here that I really like, and I was going to share it with you. See, this is the show and tell part. Okay, you excited? This Bible, I really like. It's not great to carry around, but it's good for study. It's a hardback. I think they have softback. Is that what they're called? Softback? <laughs> I don't know. Um, but it has um, uh, s- extra paper on the side. It's called the note-taking Bible. And, like, I'll use this for my own just reflection and study. It's great. It, I mean, it really is super fun to, to be able to write little notes here and come back and read them. And, and so in your study, the note-taking Bible actually could be really helpful to you. So just... just uh, Tidbit, and that's a New Living Translation. I tend to preach out of the New Living Translation, uh, which I think is very useful and helpful to people to understand the Word of God. So you're going to need a Bible. Number two is you're going to need a journal. You're going to need a journal. Now, here's the good news. As a church, we have provided a journal for you. So when you came in, you got a journal. Now, that journal is there to help you begin to take your steps Begin to take your steps towards making soap a habit in your life. And so we'd love for you to take this and use it. Our plan is to get as many as these we can. If you run out, let us know. We'll get you another one, okay? Because again, as a church, we want to invest in your growth. We want to see you become all that God wants you to be. So there's your journal. Now, I don't. I use a, a journal, like, the. is it the Moleskine? How do you say that? Moleskine, Moleskine? I use one of those. And so this is a really cool thing. Uh because, like, if you go back years, like, I have stuff in here from, like, using the soap method that, that, you know, I can go back and look and be like, wow, God was doing that. See, see, journaling is not like a diary. So, men, you're okay. All right, relax. I'm not asking you to, to, to become a, you know, oh, dear diary. Today he smiled at me. <laughs> no. Unless Jesus smiled at you, that's Okay. It, it's a journal, and some of you think in bullet points. You don't even think in narrative. So you're just like, I'm going to make bullet points. That's okay. But it's there to help you keep a record of what you're doing as you begin to study and begin to understand the Word of God and write it down. Uh, I also want to just say that this is kind of off the cuff, but there's a, there's a book called uh, What the Bible is All About, and I, I can just kind of show it to you. But it basically has a synopsis of every book in the Bible. So it's really helpful. So if you're reading in a book of the Bible and you're like, I have no idea what's going on, this gives you a great synopsis, gives you kind of keywords, key phrases, things that are happening. And it was done by uh, Dr. Henrietta Mears, who was an assistant to Billy Graham. And so she wrote this, and it's just a powerful, powerful little book for your own study. So if you want to pick that up, you can. It's not very expensive, but it's what the Bible is all about. Okay? All right. So you need a Bible, You need a journal, which you've got, so you can't make that excuse. So we've got you there. Ha-ha. Here's the other thing, is you need a reading plan. You need something to read. So in your journal, there's a little thing in there called the soap guide. And the soap guide is there, and it has scriptures for you to read for the next three months. And what we'll do as a church, our commitment, is that we'll put new guides out every three months. And so you'll always have something to read. And so you'll see there on January 1st, it's listed Genesis 1 and 2 and Luke 1. And so you know, those are the scriptures that you can read for that day. Now, if you're like, I can't read three, fine, read one. Fine, just read, read, okay? Just read. And so use this as a guide. It gives you an explanation even of what soap is and how to do it, even though I'm going to talk about that in a second. It'll give you a brief explanation. So if you missed it, just use the guide. And and, and that'll help you kind of begin this process of learning to use journaling and this reading plan, the soap guide, to help you. Now, here, I'm going to give you some tricks. You ready? Here's a trick. Get a scrap piece of paper, okay, by wherever you're going to be. Now, why is that? Well, if you're like me, I get distracted. You ever get distracted? Guess who wants you to be distracted? He's the enemy. So, when you come to read the Bible, I guarantee you there are going to be distractions that come your way. Okay? So, I'm encouraging you. Get a scrap piece of paper. And every time you have that thought, just write it down. Like, I need to get this. Write it down. Right? Whenever you have, I need to get milk at the thing. Write it down. So, you know, it's just, I've got it somewhere. I don't have to worry about it. I don't have to think about it. It's right there. Now, here's also another trick. Put your phone away. Don't write on your phone. Don't do it, because inevitably, somebody's going to text you, and you're going to be like. <laughs> and you're going to read the text, and the next thing you know, you're going to be on Instagram, and the next thing, you're going to be on Facebook, and then the next thing, you're going to be over here, and, and, and then an hour goes by, and you're like, wow, that was a really good time in the Word. <laughs> and so you check the box, acting like you did it, but you really didn't, because you were distracted for, you know, 45 minutes. Checking your Facebook or whatever it was. So get a scrap piece of paper. Write it down so you won't be distracted. The, the next one is a specific time and place. Now, why is that important? Why, why isn't it like, I'll get to it when I get to it? Or I'll do it, you know, when I think about it? Or, you know, you know no. You have to have a specific time and a specific place. Why is that important? Because it helps you create a habit. It helps you create memory. It helps you create muscle memory so that you know that at this time you do that. Put it on your calendar if you're that busy. Put it right there on your calendar and set an alarm. Whatever you have to do, do it during your lunchtime at work, that's fine. Do it in the evening, that's fine. Do it at the beginning, that's fine. But just set a specific time and a specific place. And I know some of you in the room, because you're parents, you're like, I don't have any place that is mine. Right? I get it. I understand. I totally understand. So you have to find a place that's yours. That's it. And I literally know people that have found places in their closet to do their reading. They get a light, and they put a little lamp in there, and they have their time in there. And they even lock it. They figured out how to lock it so you can't bother me, child. Yeah. Find somewhere that you can do that for a consistency In your life, I've found that some people do it in the commode because it's the only place that they can get some peace and quiet. I don't care where you do it. Just do it. Find the place and the time to make it happen. Okay, next, you've got to pray you got to ask the Lord, God, give me eyes to see. So when you come to read the Bible, just simply say, God, I need eyes to see. I need eyes to see what you want me to see. That's it. Very simple. Just pray to the Lord and ask him. The next is you need the scripture of the day, which, hey, guess what? You have with your guide. Let me tell you something about the word of God. Listen to this in 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. Look at, listen to what the Bible says about the Bible. All Scripture is God-breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, training in righteousness, so that the servants of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So, in other words, if you don't read the Word of God consistently, you will not be thoroughly equipped for the every good work that God has prepared for you to do. I want to be thoroughly equipped for every work that God has prepared for me to do. He thought about me. He thought this job would be good for me and I need to come ready and prepared. If you're a boss, it's the worst thing in the world to have someone show up to their job and not be ready to do it. It is. It's frustrating. And what do you want to do as a boss? You want to fire them. Thank God for grace. You know? Because some of us would have been fired a long time ago. But God's grace is so good. He loves us. And so however we show up he's like come on come on you get in here i'm gonna help you i'm gonna help you and so we got to be ready we got to have the scripture of the day look at this in hebrews hebrews 4 12 through 13 i love this for the word of god is alive and powerful it's not dead it's not static it's dynamic it's alive is what the bible says so it is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow, it exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. It exposes Daniel's innermost thoughts and desires. You too. Why is that needed? Why is that needed? Because my innermost thoughts and desires aren't always right. I need God's leadership. Verse 13 says, Nothing in all creation is hidden from God. I thank God for that because you know ever since Adam and Eve we've been hiding and the more we hide the worse we get because we're filled with shame and we're filled with all kinds of things that keep us from the very presence of God everything is naked and exposed before his eyes and he is the one to whom we are accountable that's so important isn't it so You got to have the scripture. You got to have that scripture of the day because that's where the meat is going to come. That's where you go move from condiments to meat. You know what I'm saying? The word of God is your meat in this. I guess for your vegetarians out there, it's like tofu or something. I don't... Is that... Some beans or... Would that be right? Some of you vegetarians help me here. What would be the staple for a vegetarian, you know? Salad? Yeah, whatever. I... (laughs) I'm sorry. I love you guys. God loves you. God loves you. Here's the other thing. Underline things that stick out to you. Like in your Bible, it's okay. God's not mad at you if you underline your Bible. Like I promise. Some of you are like, I just can't do it. It's holy. I can't do it. It's okay. You can do it. Just underline things because it'll help you engage all of your kind of cognitive things going on. It'll help you engage it. Then when you come back to, to do some of this soap stuff, you'll see where you underlined, and it'll actually help you in the process. And so you go ahead and underline those things, because see, if we spend time in God's word, you know what's going to happen? We're going to be transformed, period. That's it. That's God's promise to you. And God's promises are always true. They're yes and amen to all who want them. That's true, okay? So that, my friends, is what's so great. Now, recently, I was reading in the Bible, and so I'm going to give you an example. I, I read the Bible quite often, so, but I was reading the Bible, and, and, and as I was reading it, I was in Exodus chapter 33, and this is a verse that I underlined in Exodus chapter 33, verse 11. Listen to this, listen to this. Inside the tent of meetings, the Lord would speak to Moses face to face. That, that blows my mind. And then watch this. As one speaks to a friend, I really enjoyed that. Because I know in the scriptures that I can have that kind of relationship with God because of Jesus. Like that's what I know from my theological myths. I know that, right? Because of Jesus, I can have that. But then watch this. Afterwards, Moses would return to the camp. So he would be out in the tent of meetings away from the camp. Okay? So the camp was over here. Everybody was camping over here, all the, all the Israelites. He would be at his tent, which was called the tent of meetings, and he would meet face-to-face with God. And it says he'd come out of the tent, and he would go back to the camp. Make sense? So he was going back to where the people were. And then look at this. But the young man who assisted him, Joshua, Okay, if you know Joshua, he's the guy that takes over after Moses. So Joshua, son of Nun, look at this would remain behind in the Tent of Meetings. And I was was reading that, and I was like, that's curious. That's interesting that that Joshua would see what was happening. He would see what Moses was doing, and instead of following Moses back to camp, he'd hang out, and he would linger more. He would linger more. Why would he do that? Because he knew that's where God was. He knew that's where God was. And he wanted so much to have what Moses had. He wanted to have what Moses had, and so he would linger in the tent of meetings. And so I wrote down this scripture. So my scripture for that day, I wrote it down. Exodus 33, 11, right? So you write that at your, in your journal, top of the page. You write it. Pastor, are you asking me to write the whole scripture out? Yes, I know. It's crazy. Write the whole thing out. Exodus thirty-three, eleven. You write the whole thing out. You know what I've found, though, as you write it out? I've found that a lot of times God will speak to you in the writing. He'll actually start to speak to you as you're writing it. It's, it's, it's powerful. So you write it down. So scripture, scripture, write it down. This, this is the verse I'm going to look at. Now, from there, you start maybe making a few observations. Right? Scripture observation. So you make a few observations. Now, what does that mean, Pastor? How do I do that? Just think of this phrase. I notice this. That's it. Not, I think it means this. That's interpretation. And you may not be able to do that yet. Okay? Start with, start with the observation and say, I notice this. So in my case, I noticed that Joshua, Joshua, son of Nun, that he stayed in the tent. Like he lingered there. He stuck around. right? So I write that down. I noticed that Joshua stuck around. He, he, he didn't go with Moses back to the camp. He stayed there. So that was what I observed. Get it? Now, I could draw all kinds of implications of that. So in application, I look at that and I say, I wonder why, I wonder why Joshua was doing that. I wonder why Joshua was, hey, oh, I, oh. Maybe, maybe Joshua was hanging out in the tent because he wanted to be in the presence of God more. Maybe that, maybe that's it. Maybe that's why, it wasn't that he had to change, you know, the water or the linens for Moses. No, no, no. Maybe it's like he wanted to linger in the presence of God. You feel that? And so he wanted to be in the presence of God because he knew that if he lingered in the presence of God, he would be transformed. And see, that's what we all need, isn't it? We need the presence of God. We need that place where we meet with him face to face, where we get close and he sees us and we see him like friends. Because see, friends know things, don't they? They know what other people don't know. If they're good friends, then you're exposed before them. And it's there that you find really all that God wants for you. It's in his presence that we're transformed into the very image of God. Isn't that good? And so Joshua was lingering in the presence of God. You know what soap is? I think soap is lingering. Soaping in the word of God is lingering. And it's also soaking. You know, when you have a sore muscle, you soak. Put a little Epsom salt in there and some eucalyptus. (laughs) And you soak. And that's what it's like when you're soaping, you're soaking in the word of God and you're being nourished and your soul is being built up and and the very things of God are happening in your life and, and everything's starting to be transformed into the very person that God wants you to be. I need lingering in my life. I need soaking. I need soaping to be able to get that done. Now I got that all from one little verse. Now, I know I'm very skilled at this, if I say so myself. But I know this. You guys are smart enough to do that, too. You are. You could have drew that conclusion. Or even maybe you don't even draw that conclusion. Maybe you draw, Moses met with him face to face. Woo! And you just went with that. And you were like, I want to meet with God face to face. That's it. See? You don't have to get what I got. You get what God wants you to get. That's why it's active alive word of God. It's it's He's gonna give you fresh bread, and your fresh bread might be dead bread to me. That's why we gotta feast. We gotta get that nice bread every morning. Mmm, fresh, 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 fresh. Is this okay? All right, I just I just wanted to make sure you guys are still with me. And then listen. So scripture, observation, application, prayer. Prayer. So, what do I do? I write a little prayer. So I'll share one with you. Lord, as I linger like Joshua, Lord, as I linger like Joshua, please meet with me. That's it. You could have just said that. But I added a little bit more. I said, may my private time with you be the nourishment I need to be transformed into the man of God you desire me to be. Amen. That's it. And so in my journal, I wrote the scripture, wrote a couple observations, made an application, wrote a prayer, boom, I'm out. And you know what's happening? I'm going off to work and I'm in a much better place than I was. It's true. I'm going to sleep and I'm in a much better place as I go to sleep. Maybe you won't have those bad dreams anymore. You know? You you have it at lunch. You do it at lunch. Maybe you won't yell at your coworker. You know? Maybe you won't be so snippy. Right? See, that's what the Word of God does. It changes us when we feast on it. So... I believe all of you can do that. I believe all of you can do that. And that's what I hope you do. I hope that you take these and that you actually use them. And if you don't want to use them, that's fine. Don't take them. Because I want them for people that want to use them. Don't go home with one of these and put it on a shelf somewhere and store it. You feel me? Use it in Jesus' name. Okay? All right. All right. Let me end with this commitments. Because I think it's important we have some application here. Here's what I want you to do. Here's what I want you to do. This next week, I want you to commit to soaping, okay, the next seven days. I'm not even asking you to do it all month. I'm just asking you to start with the next seven days. Could you soap for the next seven days? Would you commit yourself to do that for the next seven days? I think each one of you could do it. I believe that. And so we've given you the tools to do it. I hope that you take it. I can lead you to water, but I can't make you drink. You know? I can't. And so I hope that you take advantage of that and commit yourself to do it in the next seven days. Here's the other thing I want you to do right now. Not like later. Now. Where and what time? Think about it. Write it in your journal. Go ahead. I'm not going anywhere. I'm not kidding. Like, bring your journal out, people. Find a place... Write it down right now. Write this down. Just say, I'll I'll do it here and at this time. I'll do it at work. I'll do it here. I'll do it here right now. Take the time that best fits your day. And then finally, before you leave here today, you don't have to do it right now, but before you leave here today, text someone that's a friend and ask them to hold you accountable for the next seven days. To just simply say, hey, every day, will you just text me and say, hey, you read your Bible yet? Hey, you read your Bible yet? Hey, you read your Bible yet? Guys, why is that weird? Why does that make us uncomfortable? If I took you to the gym and gave you a trainer and he said, I'm going to do that, you'd be like, that's normal. Well, that should be normal in spiritual training too. And so my hope and prayer today for us is that we would take that commitment and that we would apply it and that we would get some help to make sure that we're accountable to it. All right. All right. Now, I do want to say for any of you that received what I had to say uh, as um, guilt, you're free. You're free today. You're free. Because I have no interest in making you feel guilty. All I have interest in is, is seeing you transformed by the very power of God. Okay? So if you feel guilty, be free. But commit yourself to the things of God and watch God transform you. Let's pray. God, we thank you. We thank you so much for your word. We thank you for what it means for us and how it changes us, Lord. Father, I pray right now for each person in the room that's willing to make these commitments. If you're here today and you're ready to make a commitment to read the word of God for the next seven days, just raise your hand up real quick. We're just all praying. Raise your hand up. Good job. Hands going up all over the place. Good job. I'm gonna pray for each one of you. Lord Jesus, I pray in the name of Jesus that these commitments would happen, that you would give them the strength and the power to do what they have committed to do. I pray that the Holy Spirit would meet them and that fresh fire, fresh bread would come into this church and into this city because people are committed to being transformed by the word of God. Father, we receive it. We receive it today. And Father, I want to pray for those in the room that maybe need to get right with Jesus. They've been away from God, or maybe they've never entered into a relationship with Jesus and been saved. That's not their story. And so the Bible says that Jesus came into this world as a little baby. He grew into a man, and he went to a cross to pay for the sins of humanity. That includes you and me. And so as he died on that cross, three days later, he was raised to life. And it was there that he beat sin He beat death And he released the power for your transformation And I wonder today If that's something you want The Bible says that if you'll confess with your mouth And believe in your heart That it's true That God will come in and do it And so I want to ask you today If you're in a place where you're like I need to do this, I need to do this I want to start the year off right And so right now I'm going to ask you to do something As a statement of faith Heads bowed, eyes closed. I'm just gonna ask you to raise your hand on the count of three. And so on the count of three, go ahead and raise your hand so that I might be able to pray for you. May this be your statement of faith. One, two, three. Go ahead. God bless you. God bless you. I see your hand, sir. God bless you. Good job, good job, good job. Anybody else? All right, go ahead and put your hands down. Church, we're all praying together in here. And so let's all pray this prayer. If you specifically raised your hand, Allow this to be your prayer. Either pray it out loud or in your heart, but let's pray together. Lord Jesus, I need a Savior. Forgive me of my sins. Be Lord of my life. I surrender to you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Church, let's celebrate those that made decisions today.